Dead Earth Base, Dead Earth Base, Dead It's a good song. It's alright. You came around to the song. I don't, I don't prefer it over Raise Your Flag. No, I never asked you to. Well, you're like, it's better, and you're wrong. Yeah, but whatever, as long as you think it's cool. Though, specifically only for the ones in the OP, because the actual full version of Raise Your Flag is too slow. It starts too slow. Yep doesn't get going for like a minute and I need him to stomp in that puddle and then to go raise your flag I'm so excited uh, for our Gundam show to sound like that song uh, what in 2027 yeah I don't care uh, it just it feels like it feels like a victory lap at that point right to me yes. personally right now <laughs> to get that song be our Gundam song I mean it, it will be yeah We'll be doing this for so long. Right, let's begin this podcast. I thought we were beginning the podcast. Oh, are we on the podcast? Are we on the, yeah, I, I have guess no we're on the idea. Podcast. You're editing. So. Yeah, sure. Hey, welcome. We've been on the podcast this whole time. This is your uncle's beach house. Yeah, episode eight, nine? Episode eight. Episode eight. Okay. Um, this is beach house. Uh, this is just an episode that we did. Uh, so, no, and that's not a Patreon episode, which means, as you said earlier, there's no obligation for this to be, like, a long content that someone's paid for. We don't know how yeah. long this is going to be. It's going to be an episode, we watch the anime, we'll talk about it. If we don't have much to say, this will be a short episode, but we'll make it fun. Um, we watched the show Log Horizon, of the first season. I was told I needed to watch Log Horizon for us to do a, a podcast about it. Yes, um... I wanted to watch Log Well, I was watching Log Horizon yes. and I was having a very good time with it. Our, our I, very good patron, Jackson Tyler, wrote in and said, do Log Horizon. And I can't say no, so. Yeah, no, I, I used my executive power to get a get one on the books. I don't think I've uh, used my executive power. You haven't. You need, to, yeah. you need to make us watch an anime. Yeah. Batman, the animated series. You know, we, we could, but we'd have to watch 12 episodes of it. <laughs> you made me watch 25 of this. Yeah, you know what? Twenty-five, fine. <laughs> it's uh, still only like a third of Batman. So <laughs> I know, I know. Um, gosh, but uh, we watched Log Horizon, which is a show from I believe twenty fourteen, based on some light novels. Um, that is about. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, a boy wakes up one day and discovers that he is trapped inside an MMO. Yes. There you go. It's one of those. It's the Sky shows. Uh, it was always recommended to me as the good one of them. Yeah. Um, Everyone, whenever you talk about Isekai, uh, because people talk about Isekai as a scourge on modern anime, everyone's like, but Log Horizon, that's the good one. Yep. Uh, so I watched it and I um, had a mostly very good time with it. I was like, yeah, me need to watch this. It does some things that is kind of in our wheelhouse. I want to see how you feel about it. Um, and that's why we're here. Yeah. I'm gonna tell people what the actual plot of this thing is. Uh, well, first of all, I was gonna say it was directed by uh, Shinji Ishihara and written by uh, Toshizo Nomoto. I assume the light novels are written by someone else. Yes, uh, Mamari Tono. Uh, those are the credits. Got to get them out of the way when you're doing professional podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yes. The the plot is that. So everyone, everyone wakes up one day and they're in the um, they're in the new MMO, but it's not a sort of online thing where they, they are like trapped inside a VR MMO. They are literally embodied inside an MMO and they don't know why and they can't get home. And the series progresses from there. And I would the questions. I, 
The specific point here is this is not a new MMO. This is a long-running MMO Elder Tale that most of our main characters have been playing for years and fell off of and came back for the new expansion. Um, Yes. A new expansion was released... Everyone's playing it and they all woke up in the world. Um, and it's, it's existed for like a decade. And it, it is based on the Half Gaia project, which means it has the entire world to one scale. Yes. But yeah, specifically, it's like the people, like everyone who came back for, like, it's just like the 30,000 people who came back for this expansion because it, yes. like, on the first day when the servers updated, because this is not like a huge popular game where hundreds of thousands of people got stuck in it or something. Yeah, so everyone uh, is transported to um, this world somehow, um, and they have to essentially start inventing society. They are in a new world, and they have to decide how they want to live, and that's the the thrust of the plot uh, for the first like twelve episodes. And then once that's kind of a bit established, then then they start throwing complications into the mix um, and new situations to deal with. and that's really the plot. There's no overarching quest or goal. It's not like because Sword Art Online has a thing where, I'm like, oh, well, you got to get a floor of 100, and that's the, and then then the secret of the game will be unlocked or whatever. I, okay, it's a bad anime, but it doesn't have that kind of uh, immediate target. It's just kind of um, a group of people trapped and figuring out what to do. Um, yeah. So, like, part of that is because most of the main characters are at the level cap before this expansion. Like, they're all, like, god-tier players, so the actual game mechanics are uninteresting to them because they've already played all of it. Um, Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, So, I I guess I'll start with saying that, um, well, first of all, uh, if you've not watched the show, then we're not going to do, like, a full in-depth summary. We'll do our best to kind of summarize it. Um, So, the main character is someone called Shiro. Villain, uh, the share of the villain, uh, who is the prototypical s- uh, smart guy anime teen who is good at the strategy, um, classic. You know, uh, one of those. He yes. he does the thing with his glasses as they yes. all do, uh, and he is like a legendary player who was part of uh, the tea party back in the day nothing to do with the tea party <laughs> the debauchery tea party thank the you the debauchery tea party yes. um who Which were just they a... yeah just super players in a group not even a guild they were just yes, in a not group a guild. that played together important they were not a guild they were just like an informal group that were too cool back in the day um and he's here and he has to decide what to do in the new world and eventually decides because first of all he's being like cool loner anime guy and walks around with a couple of people who he's like his his friend who is the um oh fuck what's his friend name the one that i know Natsuku. um it's been like two months since i watched this <laughs> uh so you hang on with him and uh Asashi, uh, i can't actually pronounce her name directly what is her Akatsuki? natural name i could see fuck Ak- now Ak- i'm just doing it akatsuki akatsuki fuck Akatsuki. Akatsuki. Um, Who rules? She's great. Uh, She's an assassin who's decided to uh, just follow him for reasons of loyalty, and obviously she has a crush on him also, but that that doesn't really come into it in this season that much. Um, And so they kind of go around and do them stuff, but he's feeling the pull of the world around him, and he has to decide, where am I going to settle? Am I going to, like, form a guild? Am I going to do this? He starts working for another guild and kind of does their, like, assistant, gives assistance to them, goes and saves a girl from another village uh, that has not been as uh, lucky as uh, Akihabara and how it's, like, developed. It's kind of a uh, rough and tumble town. Everyone's just stealing from everyone all the time. 
Uh, and he decides that he has to make sure that uh, no one is going to be shitty to each other by inventing the government. <laughs> Uh, and then that's the main the the main focus of the first arc is that um he gets his guild together he like discovers how to cook in this world um and they use that like the the information being exclusive to them to get enough money to buy the uh like registry building uh which means he can decide who's like allowed to access it uh and through the, the power of that force, create something called uh, the Round Table, which is just, you know, um, all of the biggest guilds have their representatives and they all decide on the policies of how everyone lives and they decide to invent. They, they, they are in a new world, they have to invent the, how, the, how to live and they all decide to invent representative democracy. Yeah, um, but one that's rigged from the start. <laughs> so representative democracy yes but not even like naive representative democracy he literally buys the land and says you join this senate or i'm basically cutting off your ability to do banking yeah um and so that the, once that's established they then have to start engaging with the people of the land who are the npcs luckily this this uh um, this doesn't play that as a twist they are all sentient and there's this pre-existing culture that has been this there the entire time the mmo has been running and they have to start like engaging with them they have to go on like a um uh what's, what's the word like an envoy to a city uh do a diplomatic meeting because they need some assistance but they don't want to like admit their weaknesses and blah 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 um and that's all very interesting. Then that kind of gets interrupted by a goblin invasion. They're not sentient. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> which is kind of where the series uh, starts losing its way a little bit. Um, uh, and I'm trying to... Th- it's hard to summarize some of these because there's just a lot of um, like random plots at this point. There's a thing with the, the kids who are... There's a younger generation of kids who are all coming up. Uh, one of them is like... Uh, basically evolving into a new shiro but hopefully can actually talk to humans uh one of them is rundle house who is a person of the land he dies um and then shiro is like i have to save him and because he's a scribe he like uses his powers of his like class and realizes that because it's no longer a game he can use them in new ways he can like make new documents basically invents a magical contract that can transform rundle house from being an npc who cannot um regenerate because he's an npc uh to being uh, an adventurer who are the players who obviously revive at the cathedral uh Raising a lot of questions for what that means for every other person of the land who is now uh mortal by shiro's own choice um but that doesn't really get explored for the rest of the season. Then the last thing that happens is they try to throw a party, and uh, a bunch or like a, another town tries to invade by just being shitbags uh, at the at the the, the festival. Um, mm-hmm. And Shiro realizes that although he may have like invented a, a society, he can't he can't like fight against bad faith attacks. It, like he, he can do army stuff, but he can't fight against people being shitty in the Discord. Basically, yes. Um, so I, I, I appreciated this, this stuff. And then, uh, it ends with, uh, him coming face to face with the leader of another town who has decided to like, I'm just the monopoly in charge of everything and everyone does what I say. Um, and I, and I want, I want to team up with you because you are the other power here. And it's like, he's like, no, I rule the world a different way. You will be my rival and we will all see how this world will progress together. Uh, and he decides that he has to do something far more drastic in the way the world works. But no one ever says what that is because that's going to be season two. Yeah. So that's the broad plot. Sorry for the awkward summary, but it, it does. It, it's kind of an awkward show in the plotting. It's very, the, the light novelness of it shows through. 
Yes. Um, it is not as like episodically strong as you would want, but I, I had a very good time uh, with it for the most part. You were less good because I also, well, because I watched it going, this will probably be bad, and then was surprised at how much I like it. And you watched it with, I've said, this is good, and you were surprised by how many holes it had. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Uh, surprise may be the wrong word, but at least, you know, the introduction Deeply was Deeply skeptical of its ability to pay off anything it set up originally. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, what? how do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about characters or do we want to talk about like the themes? Uh, I will let you decide. Um, uh, we'll, go, we'll go through a couple of characters first. Not everyone, because there's, there's, a, there's a wide, wide cast. Yeah. Um, but we'll... we'll not not Shiro, because that is talking about the themes on some level. <laughs> okay, we'll save so, Shiro for last then. Because that's the actual big discussion. Yes. But uh, I want to talk about how I like I like everybody on this show. Uh, All right, let's start off with biggest disappointment, best surprise, <laughs> one person, uh, my cat boyfriend, Nyanta, who shows up in like episode three, is a cat man, a dashing swordsman cat man chef who cooks a mean meal and is even meaner with a sword and a witty barb, and then immediately drops out of the plot after like episode eight. And He's still only, there. Only shows up to like say a couple lines and then go back to cooking. He, It's so dis... I thought he was going to be a major character... Uh, yeah. Like on the level of Akatsuki, that's not how this works. So Nyanta has this thing where there's there's multiple characters like this, uh, where there's these characters that matter to the plot by way of being important to the structure of the like groups, but they don't have anything to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Nyanta's one of those, but he is the coolest person ever because he's a cat man who rules and he cooks. He does cook. Uh, I, he's introduced in the first arc when they go rescue Sarasa. I was I was very distracted because you said he cooks like someone would say he fucks, which is true. He does, but I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I meant that he cooks because he cooks. Yeah, uh, but you but were he like does, he, he cooks, and I'm like, yeah, no, he that's sure does. I, that's not what I meant. But thank you. <laughs> he he does. I wouldn't deny it. <laughs> I would never deny that. Because uh, I say he. Um, He's with uh, with Sarasa at the start of the of the plot, uh, and they go to rescue her on behalf of uh, the guild run by these um, the two ladies, Moon guild. the yes. Crescent Moon Guild, uh, run by the two mums of the world. Yeah, Marielle and Henrietta, who we'll get to. Who we get to. Um, and they go rescue Sarasa. Sarasa's just the most crying small girl that's ever been in an anime. Yeah. Uh, she's precious, uh, and she loves Nyanta because he's a strong cat man, and who among us doesn't? Yep. Uh, and then they go and rescue her, and they have a very cool fight. One of the only actual cool fights in the series. The only uh, cool fight so far, so... Uh, some of the stuff with the kids is alright, but yes. Yeah, but it's not It's not like, here's a cool scene of tactics with like a good resolve in the same way that that stuff was. Mm-hmm. Um... Nyanta is also very because you watched the dub. Yes, I watched the dub. And then you sent me the scene that sold you on the entire show, which uh, was unfortunate because he never did anything this cool ever again. Yes. Uh, but Nyanta just being like, just completely antagonizing this this dick bag. Yes. Uh, who was running roughshod over this town. Yep. Um. So he rules. Saras is also great. Um. Who else is there? Um, I guess we could do Marielle, Marielle and Henrietta. 
Yeah, uh, they run not... the like good guild, and by good I mean they are mostly benevolent, but also very clueless about the world. Uh, yes. Crescent Moon Guild, who just wants everyone to get along and will follow Shiro's orders to make that happen, even if that's maybe the wrong thing to do. Yep. Um, I love those two so much. They are characters that are like one degree off from being awful. Uh, like a lot of things in the show, actually, I think it takes tropes that are terrible in a lot of shows, right? Like yes. these can go ba- so bad so fast, and we've seen that a million times, and somehow manages to have them for the for the most part not do that. Yes. Um, well, Henry is like the ditzy one, and Marielle's like the very buttoned-up business lady. Except every time she sees a cute thing, which includes Akatsuki, she flips out and has to like hold it and pet it and love it forever. One yeah, of those types. One of, one of those. Uh, but are mostly played as like good. Like they're not b- as bad as that could be or sounds on the face of it. Yeah. So like Akatsuki is like small. Uh, yes. but is like she's in her twenties. She's a yes. Everyone. Every the thing here is everyone's an adult. Except for the actual kids. Except for the actual um, kids, yes. So when she's just like a small ninja girl who is going to get petted by this lady and feels like, oh, why are you doing this to me? Uh, none of it is people being gross to children, which honestly is all you need to make anime. Like, even if I, it's not my thing, I don't feel skeeved out by it. Right. It's just someone liking cute things and it's all fine. You know, um, it's weird that that's a trap that anime falls into so much. Yeah. What if everyone wasn't in high school? <laughs> So easy. It's so easily fixed. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um. Then there are the kids themselves. Uh, yeah. Who, what are the kids? What are there's the, so? Um. There's there's Ru- there's Rudy who is the uh, Rundle House who is the person to land with all the names of yes. the people I've forgotten and I can't go look at the characters. I've only seen season one. <laughs> uh. There is uh, Toya and Minori who are twins. Yes, okay, Minori's the one I was thinking of. Yes, Minori is uh, like a healer. Who, who's, she dressed like a shrine maiden. And Toru's like a samurai. And neither of them are very good at their jobs to start off with because they're kids. Uh, uh, also, they are being held captive. Yes, they are being kidnapped by a guild that is using... Basically, like, attracts all these children who are new players and, like, demands their EXP potions and uses them to power level to the expansion level cap, which yep. is pretty good. That is it. That is one of the things at the start. I was like, damn, this, this show's good. It's about interesting things and not immediately the most obvious things that this premise girl does. Um, yeah, so those, those two are really good. Um, Toya is disabled in the real world, like is in a wheelchair. Yes. Uh, and now can run and has legs in Log Horizon. Or not in Log Horizon, in Elder Tail. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, is one of the things that, you know, you roll your eyes. Luckily, they don't actually... Um, focus on that too much. That's just a thing. I mean, he's maybe the character that gets the most. This is what they were like in the real world time so far. Like we know, yeah. like Shiro is like a like an engineering grad student or something, and like yeah. a couple things. But mostly, there's just light references to who these people were, and the real world is not a going concern. That which is one of my favorite things about the show, in that it's not about the trauma of being like ripped from a new from an old place, right? It's not about mm-hmm. people's lives before. Is very interested in what this world will look like now yep uh every time like there's a halfway through the series they bring up a plot point about every time people die um they lose their memories because of very technical reasons that don't matter because they decide to give the magic like actual properties in the world yes um but whatever uh and people lose a little bit of the memory it's usually related to things at home um 
and because that means that basically means the people in the battle guilds who are actually going out there and dying more uh are losing much more of their sense of selves um than people in the other guilds and that that doesn't they don't really do anything with that uh, yeah. because of how un like it the show at least knows that that has no weight in a show that doesn't care about the past <laughs> yeah um and so that's mostly used as one of the things that uh maybe they'll pay off because it's about shiro deciding to keep that information from people for fear of it spreading chaos um and no one has yet found out that he's done that yep. um which is one of those things that like well one day that'll come out and everyone will be mad at him yeah and but who knows um those are the those are the the big main characters outside well, of this, you have like, Suzu and rundle house which uh, uh who are actually the mvps of the the show yeah uh they don't really matter but isuzu is uh, one of the like adventurers and she's just a bard who ends up like in this weird affectionate friendship with rundle house who is a person of land who really wants to be an adventurer and she doesn't tell anybody that he's an npc until it is far too late for rundle house <laughs> yep because he sacrifices himself and immediately dies yep that's because he's a overbearing mage because uh, he's ridiculous he is the um guy from uh my hero academia in- oh the uh dick laser the dick laser guy yes yes <laughs> um, who just comes up to everyone and is like hello i am the fancy lad rundel house i will be your warrior today and then everyone laughs at him yes um and this leads into one of the best visual jokes in the show which is that everyone else is like so tired of his shtick but um she the, the his, his like girlfriend Isuzu. quote unquote Isuzu, um is just every time she looks at her he like fades away and becomes a labrador yeah uh which is very cute she's like oh this guy's just a harmless little dog so he'll say anything and then she'll just start petting him and that's very good mm-hmm. um so i love those two's relationship but I, yeah so on the whole i really like the characters on the show i like the interaction between them uh it is fun to watch them hang out and do things um which is the thing that you need to like actually get me through a show, right? Like I need to enjoy being with the people in the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we get to the main characters. There's, there's there's some other ones as well. There's some who we got. Who do we want to hit on? Because there's so many. Like we're not going to talk about the guy who has the uh, fangirls. He doesn't matter. Yeah, but there's like Krusty and uh, Krusty and the princess. Yes, Lanessia. Lanessia. Uh, Krusty is the leader of one of the combat guilds and is absolutely not a main character for the first half of the show but by being the leader of one of the combat guilds it's chosen to go uh, on this uh, diplomatic mission uh, with Shiro and becomes one of the central figures of the the show and uh, his main thing is a relationship with a princess of the land, Lesia who he basically um, functions as like a kind of uh, older brother type too uh, it's clear there's like romantic undertones there like she's got a crush on him and everything but she, he just kind of shows up and just tells her what to do in a way that's like i already thought of the thing you were going to say um uh and that's that's fun um i was surprised at how much i ended up liking crusty it wasn't like one of my favorites but i thought he, i was going to find him very obnoxious yeah uh but he ended up being fine mm-hmm um i like lanessia a lot because i the stuff i wanted more of was the internal politics of the people of the land yes um and there was a moment in that show where that like became the focus and i was like ready for that to be what the show is about and then a bunch of goblins invaded yeah 
They sure did. So, uh, before we get to the, like, central two characters and the actual wider theme, like, yeah, I guess we'll just open the door on that stuff now, right? Yeah. So, the, the show is about um, this the society emerges and Shiro makes in, forces and representative democracy to happen and the way that all uh, goes down I think is really interesting and good especially at the stuff with the um, uh, with the cooking because mm-hmm. there's like a whole five episode span where the the, mo- the thing that gives them the power is the fact that they know how to make food that tastes of anything if you make food with your like in the menu with your food making skill that you would have with you know how you would in the video game it just tastes of nothing it's a bland nothing everything is fake um but if you actually find the materials and have a high enough cooking skill and cook it with real fire it works you can actually cook food um and so they start selling this food uh to the rest of the the adventurers and this is a big deal because there's now food that they can eat and it ends up being uh like a um short story about the way that profit motive completely like pulls societies into a whirlpool um and i really like that i because i was like this was the part where i was like sold on the show because i unlike you who was sold as being a good show had no fucking idea that's what the show was about Hmm. uh so it was just like blowing me away being like oh i guess they're talking about these things these are all intentional things that the show is gonna um actually talk about when with a world building right like it means something when you have the ability to uh, make things that no one else can make. These are things that put you in an advantageous position to others and that you can exploit to like build the society you want. The way that uh, all that stuff fell into place was really good. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. I was expecting of- it to make up more of the actual plot than it does. Because uh, I went into this show knowing that there was, a, at some point, a hamburger economy. And yes. uh, it's really like one episode's worth. And then they're like, we can't actually make the money we need selling hamburgers. Yeah. Then he bu- buys a thing and makes the round table. And the way he does that is, I think, pretty cool. But um, this comes to like the uh, biggest disagreement we have about the show. In the- I think the show's more critical of Shira than you do. No, I think um, I think this show, and it's not necessarily this show's fault. It's just anime in general really thinks that like the smart guy who pushes up his glasses and comes up with the cool plan is a, an inherently good thing. And I just don't, I I don't agree, but I think the show definitely thinks that. And so my, my my feeling is that the show think like the show likes him, right? It's not. I'm not yes. saying the show doesn't think he's cool, uh, but I do think the show is about him trying to learn to be a human being like like he doesn't talk to anyone at the start of the show and then realizes that's not a way to live so he actually forms a real guild um that can actually make real impact on the world uh and these are things that he has to learn to do because at the start of the show he's literally just wandering from place to place yeah, trying sure, to but be that kind not, of cool it's guy not like it's not like he learns for like a, by other characters critiquing that it's like he gets the opportunity to express his like state of being see the flaws in it and then decide to be like a better person but not in any way that holds him to account for all the things that he's done because none of that ever actually comes into critique like characters literally go around calling him the villain of the glasses but nobody grapples with the fact that they've turned their entire government over to someone they all acknowledges a villain right and i that is the thing these are the cat there these are the checks that it has to and might not cash in season two 
Uh, also like like four different women are in love with him and it's just it's just the same anime protagonist problem where you're they are writing for an audience that's going to identify with this fucking shitlord here and so they have to make him the best and smartest and coolest that all the girls like and i'm just not here for it i understand that my my takeaway on it was that it because i when i was like pitching it uh, on twitter and stuff the thing i would say is it's not it isn't like not one of these shows it is absolutely 100 percent one of these shows uh, it's just also cares about its world and its characters and has some empathy for them. Uh, well, like, halfway. They half-ass that too. I mean, look, it's up against a very popular show about like slavery and rape. So yeah, no, I know. Like, but this like, is the genre. Like it spends two episodes going, oh, right, all the NPCs are real people with like lives and ambitions now. We can't just treat them like they're parts of a computer program. And then two episodes later, the narrative at the beginning of the episode is like goblins. They're soulless beings that breed in the dark and rise up and try to invade our lands. And it never questions that. And in fact, there's a character that shows up to give you metaphysical understanding that that's what those characters have to be. There's no way they can actually be real people because the mechanics of the world make it that they are soulless beings different than the people of the land. Yeah, so it has a bit of the Harry Potter problem. <laughs> it has a lot of the Harry Potter problem. Uh, in a very similar way in that it, um, like Harry Potter is trying like a lot of its comedy and its world building comes from the fact that it is a like absurd thing made real right it mm-hmm. likes to pull a lot on what if an mmo systems were rigid and built into the world um and a lot of the plots are like you know the food plot is that and the uh the way all the battles goes about that um and that's a lot of how the world progresses but then when you get to oh, that means EXP is real, and that means that monsters and the... Because the, the Goblins plot is an extended joke about because they came to the MMO world and started living in society, they forgot that seasonal events still happen. Yeah, they stopped doing quests to the village Because the villagers were people now, so they were just handing out quests also. So they stopped taking quests to, like, clean up mobs. Right. Uh, so that means that they forgot about... Um, Every six months, there's the Goblin Invasion. You go to the MMO and you play the Goblin Invasion and uh, you destroy the Goblin King and everyone gets rewarded. They forgot that, and so Goblins are now overrunning the land. And that's the joke of that plot, which I think is fine as a joke, right? But yeah. as you say, it directly spits in the face of, wait, all these things have souls. You can't just go into, this is all a clockwork machine, um, and these Goblins aren't real, only the humans are. Yeah. Because uh, I yeah. think that's the biggest problem with the show, especially with how interesting that plot is until the goblins suddenly invade. Yeah, because the show is predicated in terms of like the interest I have in it on we are going to take this idea of being in a world and building up its mechanics seriously. And then when you drop that ball, like when you do that, you're not allowed to drop that ball without right. me disengaging Getting very, from very mad. <laughs> because if you are going to care less than I do, then what am I even wasting my time on? Mm-hmm. I think I think they do still care, but it is definitely like a. I'm not going to defend that, right? It's a frustrating direction for it to take, yes. uh, especially especially, when, uh, especially since when that introduction to the goblins basically just reads as like a fucking racist diatribe, right? Uh, and it's in the middle of the like the show being on top of its game, um, as they've invented. They basically invent. Um, this like libertarian state where like all oh, the difference between the adventurers and the people of the land the adventurers are free to choose what they want and then they come into the people of the land who have much more rigid class structures and have to acknowledge that they can only say that because they're all cool people who just learned at an mmo and can do everything themselves right like their 
libertarian society exists and can function because they have everything they need but like they're almost like play acting at having a society right yeah um and it's like asking those questions and like starting to get real about them and then a bunch of goblins invade and they'll deal with that and then that never comes up again yeah uh so that was like my biggest frustration with the show i still enjoy it because i like the characters a lot and i think that the rest of the it's not like the themes aren't interesting i still think it's one a decent one of these but it definitely steps back from the edge of being really good yeah uh but yeah uh i mean all it really did was make me really want to read dr stone like that's what actually happened here i was like i should really read that people say it's good so they do which is kind of kind of about this in the same way. If you don't know, Doctor Stone is like a currently running Shonen Jump thing that aired, started running in 2017 about like all of humanity mysteriously gets petrified, and then they start to unpetrify, but like irregular, like not all at once. And uh-huh. one of the main guys is like a like science whiz who decides in this new world to like try to reinvent society through using his science knowledge to build rebuild all the technology. Um, Hmm. and, uh, starts basically like in like early, like let's try to rapid development man, but then it breaks into like might makes right societies versus this like science utopia, um, Mm -hmm. which, uh, sounds kind of like what I want here. The problem with this, with, uh, Log Horizon specifically is the, the only really thing, real thing they do here is like remember how capitalism works and then recreate a government i don't believe in <laughs> right um i i like well i was talking to you about this like i don't um i'm defending that i do think it's a, a frustration but i do think the um i still enjoy the show's uh themes of being about how we have to create societies we have to like re- believe in the structures that we like build ourselves um, yeah but i don't themes... think they actually believe in those structures because all they do is turn everything over to shiro um and that's what i like i think the show does know that right because the the show is all about how shiro has all this power but doesn't talk to anyone uh but also none of that nobody like thinks themselves oh wow we just really gave it all to this guy that we think kind of sucks sometimes and i I think because everyone idolizes him all of his all of the like negativity is just him moping in a corner while everyone else lives their lives Mm -hmm. uh like so the the ending of the show um the way this starts to tip its hand but only, literally only in the last 10 minutes of the season does it actually tip its hand with it doing anything with this mm. uh next season we'll see um the way it's going is that there is another society which is what i wanted i wanted because everyone's been here for a while now i don't just want this to be the only town with a structure and a government and that would have happened everywhere yeah um and so the one they, they they introduced another town who's like invading but only as like a test of shiro's power um and can he deal with everyone being a shitbag at his at his like festival yes uh and there's this other leader who is like explicitly just a dictator right yes um in a way that was like oh good here's like what shiro actually is but honest about it um they don't really get into that much they just kind of he just kind of flirts with him obviously <laughs> uh and then he's like, you will be my rival. Um, and he does at least recognize that, oh, this this character has shown me that I'm doing things wrong. I need to do things on a much more drastic scale. Um, 
which we'll see where that goes. I'm hoping but it goes. That's to- that's not him realizing. Oh, she's like a monopolist who rules her like a city like a tyrant. Uh, I am also like because she's like I'm going to recruit you because you're just like me. And he's like, oh, clearly I am not doing enough. Not oh, I'm clearly on a path to doing a wrong thing. Like I feel um, like he learns the wrong lesson out of this. Yeah, but I I feel like it's fine to have. Well, okay, so <laughs> not to not to bring this uh, the other show up, right? <laughs> Um, but this is the fucking Code Gear scene, uh, where they're like, "You did a genocide. You have to make that worth something." <laughs> Except that I don't think that's really what it because he literally goes, "I I'll be more used to you as your rival than like someone who's under your thumb." So we're gonna compete to rule the world. I mean, the pub where I I read the end of the show as being about him embracing the fact that he is just doing these things and is now going to dedicate them to some actual radical aim rather than just recreating the same structure of society i assume he is going to do something i mean she implies that the thing that he's like that what he's clearly building towards is getting enough knowledge to make the uh what's the big spell world fraction fraction. spell but the world fraction is undefined people out of the world right i mean the world fraction is undefined the world fraction are basically the infinity stones they are just the thing that allows you to change the world Sure, but what he's like, he doesn't say, oh, I've been doing the wrong thing. He says, oh, my ambition's been too small. I need to just increase my sphere of influence to where I have world fraction. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, you're right, but I don't necessarily disagree with that as an approach to a story. That's kind of what Shah does. But in a show that's already uncritical of, like, what it means to be a person in power, him just going, I clearly need all the power, and his friend Shadman go, yeah, we're gonna go and get the power for you, just underscores all the things that I think this show does bad to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Because um, no I... one sat him down and been like, you shouldn't be in charge of anyone, you're not even a functional person right now. <laughs> and uh... say what you will about Shara's counterattack, half of Shara's counterattack is about how Shara is not a functional person. Functional person. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that's why I like this stuff, because it's dealing with that things but it's not as good as Shah's counterattack. what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> um my not as good as Shah's counterattack might let me down in all the same ways when i get there <laughs> uh so like i don't like I, the reason i'm like right now is i don't have good like stringent responses to this i just like the characters and want to see them win <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. mean, me immediately like really loving a character that turned out to be a like third tier character importance at best was a real bummer. But yeah. also like, yeah, I just I was expecting something more ambitious out of this. Like, I probably just don't like Isekai. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost certain I don't like shows adapted from light novels because I feel like they all have this problem where they just kind of meander through like, here's a new set of challenges for everyone to like tackle this time. Um, yeah. The the re- way that the arc in the middle just doesn't end because it just kind of moses into the next arc. Yes. Uh, I'm like, oh right, sucks. you had to put out another chapter. I get it, but like, geez, I don't, I don't really, I don't really like storytelling like this. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't believe it's going to resolve in anything other than like a slightly smarter version of the same juvenile power fantasies. That's fair. Um. I I think that whatever's gonna happen, like whatever the rest of Shira's quest is, is gonna be uh, fun. I want to see what the answer the show gives is. Uh, I, I mean, I guess that's part of it. Outside of the stuff with like the kids, I don't think this is a very fun show. Outside of like the first arc, I think it does a lot of meandering. Part of this is it has no budget to animate anything. Well, cool. yes. <laughs> so it's like, a lot of characters standing around talking like it's Star Trek, but the things they're saying are just anime tropes most of the time. So I'm not really invested in a lot of it. I, I, 
think that's a little unfair. Like we can um we have critiques of how it's like structuring uh its um world, but I think that it is in the, the, the last, saying the last arc the last arc almost builds to a winter in fantasy land fashion show, and then because they're not gonna animate new character models for everyone, instead a creepy clown man shows up and like <laughs> leches at one of the pure character pure girls in the show. And I'm like, man, I really fucking hate anime sometimes. I mean yeah, that bounce bad. But the part where the act, like, it says there's an invasion, and you're like, oh no, there's an invasion, and it's just, how do I deal with a bunch of bad faith actors doing, like, low-level disruption? That's yeah. interesting to me. Like, I think that's an interesting plot when your th- show is about someone who's decided to run a, like, a city. Yeah, but it doesn't, like, show never grapples with that. All he does is throw his little map over and throw a tantrum and then go and save the day with the, like, evil clown guy. I mean, he realizes that he can't just fix everything with his tactics and has to ask other people for help. Like, that's yeah, literally but then he goes thing- and then he goes and saves the other problem by just sweeping in and like doing his Shiro thing. Because mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I secretly have all the things that you said you sent us, but didn't because I'm a master forger because I'm a level ninety scribe." Yeah, the the scribe thing gets him out of so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. Um, understand all your complaints. I'm kinder to it than you. Yep. Um. But I'm also a little bit more accepting of the whole trope, right? Like, I am fine with the shitbag who wants to change the world. I want to see what the... I'm more interested in what, like, the conclusion being what does Shiro's vision look like um, on a wider scale than um, why doesn't he just walk away from all of this? I just, I, like, we like we watched Code Geass, we didn't really podcast about that, but we watched no. Code Geass, and, I'm like, last year I watched Death Note, and, like, th- every anime is about this, and, like, this anime in particular has the Crescent Moon Guild, like, quietly doing, like, changing the world the right way, which is, like, through collaboration and understanding and empathy, and mm. the show doesn't care about that because those aren't the smart boys that are watching the show, right? I mean, it, it, yeah, and it does the, um... I'm just tired of, like like short-sighted masculine entertainment in anime i guess like i even if it's smart it's still that it's never not going to be that they're never going to find the actual answer which is empathy and like community building because shiro's always going to show up and do the smart guy thing you you're right i i have a soft spot for this like i'm not defending it but i think that there is um a way to read the show or at least depending on how season two goes in my in the world where they actually nail these these things that they're, they're setting up um It'll be a show to me that'll be about um, realizing that if you are going to like make an impact on the world, you have to kind of uh, abandon the idea of you know creating the same structures and move on to more radical ideas of how to make effect change. Um, and I think that's a valuable thing to have in a show. I think that I think that is a valuable theme, which is like how the season is like we can't just keep doing this. We have to actually change the world we're in if we want anything to be better. Um, and I I think that's a decent like that's a fine shonen plot to have. I'm not anti that. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think if you're if you sell your show on we're actually going to think about the things other shows do not, you are at, you're opening the door to being held accountable for that. And if the answer is we're still going to do the same plot but we're going to mope about it a lot more, then I'm just not interested. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, you're right. This is like a dissimilar discussion about all these other shows, right? Like I am way kinder towards Code Geass than any human re- should reasonably be. Um partially because I watched it as a child, but partially because I'm just too kind to it um i do have um no i do think that uh 
like a lot of the same thing I'm saying here apply there as well, right? Yeah, um, I mean, like for me, like I always go back to Death Note understood that this character is a fucking pathetic pissant that deserves to be shot dead. Like, yeah, and it's the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. I, I uh, can take monitudes. I think that the moment the matter the shoots light is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the Earth. And also, I like the other boys. <laughs> I just want all those other boys to be shot dead also. The world would be better without boys like this in it. Uh, I mean, that's we'll see. There's no way Shira gets shot in the face. There's no fucking way. No. <laughs> He's going to get with Akatsuki. They're going to have a dance. And they'll be cute and nice. Yeah, but that's how the show is going to end. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, it's a bummer. I, I was like very up in the show, and then you like because I I was watching it in the same way that I watched like Assassination Classroom or that basketball show, and that these are shows that I like and they have decent themes, but they're not like Gundam, right? They're not like. Unfortunately, rigorous. I have Eternal Gundam brain now, so I just do this to everything. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I'm fine with one of these being just a little interesting, um, but I'm not here to say you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, when your when your second arc is we're going to build a government, I feel like you open yourself up to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we need to go back to my heracademia. Yeah. I'm not building a government there. Explicitly. No, the government the government's already there and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's the podcast. It's a bit, bit um bit rambly, but it's, that's the kind of I knew it was going to be. It's a bit of an unstructured show. The show's a bit of a mess as well. Our feelings yeah. came across. Yeah. Um, I hope that you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as I can tell, every other one of these is terrible. Like, I know enough about Sword Art Online and a little bit about that Shield Hero show to know that you don't want to fucking watch that garbage. So I That's promise the other thing. for all of my misgivings, this is better than that. Maybe this whole genre is just bad. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. People really aren't lying when they say this is one of the good. Imagine that any of those shows even caring about these things. It's night and day. And I get that this is, you're coming to this from having just watched Gundam and Macross. Yeah. <laughs> like, just night and day, different world. <laughs> Uh, which I understand it's sad I was hoping you could join me in the trash but no alas I might go on season 2 I'll let you know if it does anything interesting and then yeah, I'll if there's, an, if there's another one of these it'll be because Jackson watched season 2 and asked me to do so because I if, if, <sighs> if I don't get a oh we have things that we can talk about here I'm not going to carry on like I like this show well enough but I have enough shows I actually really like that I'm watching the problem is all I watch is like a top tier all time banger anime right now because I'm trying to fill in 40 years of not watching anime <laughs> Yeah, the um, the <laughs> the thing that I'm actually going to come back and say to you, <laughs> which is the cursed thing, is I go, it doesn't do anything interesting, but Nyanta's in every episode. <laughs> then I would probably watch it just slowly. Yeah, no. <laughs> then you'd be back. Does Nyanta do cool things? Yeah. Does he come that's back? Me. Is he cool? Because that's cool? all I really want. That's all you need. Yeah. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. Um. Uh, if you have a show you want us to watch, uh, then just let us know. Join us at the Patreon tier. We'll be back in a couple months, uh, a couple of weeks. We'll, I guess. We will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the first half of Nietzsche Joe, which uh, I've watched uh, four episodes of. That show seems great. No idea how we're going to ever talk about it, but we'll do our best. Yep. It's not our problem if we can't talk about it. We were asked to talk about it. Look, it's going to be great. We'll just talk about it. How it would, at some point, it'll just be us reciting the good jokes. Yep. Like our Dirty Pair one. Not much to say. Fucking fantastic show. Yeah. Yeah. Nietzsche Joe's really good. Unsurprisingly, the show all of my friends swore up and down is a very good comedy. Turns out, it's a very good comedy. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Um, oh, do you like the ending theme? Did you ever come around to the ending theme? They're about, yeah, we're about I to did. play. I did. Okay, good. I wish I wish it had better animation, but well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the Long Horizon problem: is that uh, it oh. would probably be a better show if it didn't look bad all the time. Like I, for a little bit, I was going between Escaflone and Log oh, Horizon, no. which is just the cruelest thing you could do to a show like Log Horizon. You know what I'm gonna do hmm. on this podcast. Um, yes. Even though we don't normally do this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to send you the season two OP. Okay. It's just database again, right? Tell me when you hit and play. Because the animation is different. That's why I'm sending you this. I'm going to hit play now. They switch studios. Oh, one punch man. It doesn't look better, but it looks like a completely different show. Yeah, I don't think I like this look as much, honestly. Because I feel like it's more ambitious, but it has—it clearly has about the same budget. Yeah, it's the same director and everything, but it is a new studio, and the yeah. look is very different. Like, the designs just got a slightly too... I feel like they're trying to go for something a little too detailed for the amount of money they have. Yep. Like, it doesn't look like they changed, like, entire models, but just everyone's costumes got, a, like, a 10% in complexity increase. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, this, part where, this part where the entire guild's now wearing the uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 outfits. I was going to say the uh, Full Metal Alchemist uniforms. Yes, that too. Uh, so here's the thing. You just said everything, and I was like, yeah, maybe the show isn't bad. Then I watched this... And the fucking database is playing? Best show ever made! <laughs> uh, it did show an actual, like, skyscraper in a way that I'm like, hmm, right, are we just gonna get some more real-world stuff in this season? Is that gonna be... Database! Database! Living in a database! Whoa! The song's fine. I'm My, my objection is not the song. It's never been the song. I like the song quite a bit. Um, we're definitely gonna get some more real world stuff next time there's un- unquestionably more real world stuff because oh, at some so point they're gonna interested. have to reveal that girl who's in the opening and they occasionally flash to is clearly an important member of the debauchery tea party but was yeah. not in this season that we'll have to do who is clearly like shiro's old girlfriend yeah i hate it we'll see we'll see goodbye everyone yeah, goodbye. Uh, we should probably let people know about our stuff. This is a free episode. Right, this is a free episode. Um, the, we're normal mapping. Um, we have yeah. a bunch of podcasts at normalmapping.com. We have a game club uh, at normal mapping. That's what it's called. That's what it was named after. Uh, yeah. It is every month we play a video game. It's cool. Uh, we have Great Gundam Project, which is on this Patreon feed. Every month, every week, we watch two episodes of Gundam and uh, currently two episodes of Macross. They're pretty long podcasts. Yeah, uh, it is a it, that is our actual job is the Gundam podcast. So if you pay one dollar a month, you can join us. Yeah, we also have a movie podcast. That first episode should be out by the time this goes up. Uh, you can listen to that. The first episode is about Citizen Kane. You can find that at repertoryscreenings.com. Repertory Screenings is the name of the show. That should be out every two weeks. We're just getting started with that. Uh, we've had a long dormant movie podcast that is coming back. So please look forward yeah, to that. I'm very excited. 
Yeah. And then we have uh, on the Patreon, if you pledge at certain tiers, you get a bonus podcast. You get writing. I recently wrote about Madoka, um, which I revisited. Uh, today I'm going to watch the first Madoka movie, probably. So looking I think to I'm going to watch Madoka. You should do that. Because I want to talk about it to you. Like, I t- want to talk about it with you in the next, you know, while it's fresh. Yeah. Because um, I, I originally was like, oh, I'll watch Sailor Moon first, but then I kind of fell off of that, even though I was it's having 200 a good time. episodes, Jackson. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but but given that you've watched and you, like, you know, you have said it's not actually a giant subversive thing, you need to have understood the Magical Girls to watch. Um, no, will... you just need to, un- yeah, you just need to understand that Madoka isn't as subversive as everyone wanted to make it out to be because no one finished Sailor Moon. <laughs> um, I will, I will watch it and have a good time and let you know how I feel. Yeah. So that's it. Thank you very much for listening.